Are you ready to hack your time? I'm Vicky and I am obsessed with course correcting everything that you've been taught about how to use your time because I know that you can create more success while having more fun and taking more rest. I went from doing all the things, working 80 hour weeks to creating a 15 hour work week. Listen and learn how to hack your time never have to say that you don't have time ever again. You too will learn how to accelerate without doing more today. Hello, Maisie. So good to have you. I'm delighted to be here. (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be a, there's just a warning. There's going to be a lot of probably random giggles on this episode between us both. It's so funny. I once got a podcast review from someone like saying that they loved it, except me laughing. (laughs) Okay, well, then it's just not for you because I like laughing when I'm doing things. So yeah, take that as a warning, everyone. If you don't like laughing, this is probably not an episode to listen to. Um, So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, Yeah, well, I'm Maisie Hill. I am the best-selling author of two books period power and perimenopause power and I am a menstrual uh, cycle and reproductive health expert and I am a life coach and I like having fun when I do things basically like a good rule for life we do speak about fun quite a lot on this podcast so it's perfect love it so I remember, so, and I said this in the introduction, so obviously we're friends and I remember getting that text message from you that said something along the lines of like, I think I'm going to join Time Hackers or I think I should join Time Hackers. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about like where you were then and what led to that decision? Oh, yeah. So I am fantastic at getting things done. Right. And I like able to do a lot in a short space of time. So my first book, Period Power, I had five months to write it in. And that actually ended up being four months because my son was sick and like school holidays, no childcare. So I wrote my contract was only for like 70,000 words, but I wrote 126,000 words, which is basically two books (laughs) in four months right and my mental health suffered mm-hmm. dramatically whilst I wrote that book like I it broke me mm-hmm. it, I would say almost broke my relationship at points mm-hmm. like it was a, an amazing book I'm so proud of it but like what I went through I would also say is the making of me but it, it wasn't great yeah and then when I wrote my second book which is I think around the time when you and I kind of first met and started getting to know one another I also had to write the second book in five months Mm. and just as I started writing it this thing called COVID happened (laughs) (laughs) and all of a sudden I was trying to write a book at home with a four-year-old who you know couldn't be in school And also with a partner who loves to whistle and like, (laughs) I have a lot of sensory sensitivities and whistling really affects me. Noise really affects me. And so, you know, just like trying to write my book in 10 minute snapshots. And that's basically how I wrote that book is just like paragraph by paragraph, stitching it all together. 
-hmm. And I got it done. And because I had the ability to coach myself and be coached by others, I wrote that book with my mental health intact, you know, so like that was the level up with that book. Yeah. But through that process, what I noticed, and this will probably be familiar to a lot of people listening, I realized that, you know, I'm someone who is very productive. I can get a lot done in a short space of time, but I noticed that, you know, let's say I wrote for three or four hours, got a lot done. I was then thinking, well, I should be able to get just as much done with the rest of my day in another area of my life. And I think that this is something that you really speak so brilliantly on is that time doesn't need to be filled. It's not this container that you need to keep sticking stuff in. And it was like, even though I'd had all this progress and could get something done in a much more um, supportive way, there was you know it's like showing up in other areas where I was just like pushing myself and you know that's radically different to today for example so we started recording at 10 in the morning Mm -hmm. and I rocked up to my studio at 10 to 10 versus who I was previously was like well I'm most productive in the morning I have to be at my desk, at my computer at eight o'clock, because that's when I'm going to get the most out of my brain. And there was like this pushiness and this graspiness. And I just had this like unhelpful belief that there was a time in the day that I could get the most out of. Right. And if I missed that window, then I, that's the whole day gone. You know, I've missed that window of time where Maisie is at her best. And And it was just impacting my whole morning, like with my son, getting him ready for school, the experience of getting him to school. I was just rushing there, basically getting rid of him and Mm. then rushing in. And now, you know, I'm just like, I can be productive whenever I want. Like there isn't a time of day. Like, yes, there is a rhythm that might, that suits my body particularly well, but it's, I'm not using that against myself, you know? So now I take my time. I often go and have breakfast in a local cafe. If anyone's ever in Margate, it's called Fort. They do the best breakfasts and coffees. (laughs) And I sit there and I just make notes or I just, or I don't do anything and I just enjoy my food. And then I stroll on in and I get to work. And, you know, that is just such a huge, huge shift from where I was six months ago before I joined Time Hackers, you know, a year ago, it's massive. And like the people around me notice, you know, I could never describe myself now as busy. I get a lot done, but I'm not busy. And people are always like, oh, you're so busy. And I'm like, not really. I mean, I went for a stroll at the beach today (laughs) just for the sake of it. And you know I just kind of sauntered around the house pottering and mm-hmm. I just I do have this space and I'm letting myself have that space yeah I think it's so interesting what you just said like when when you stop being busy and other people in your life haven't really seen what's going on behind the scenes so they're telling you that you're busy and you're like no 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 I'm actually I'm not busy and I'm also not filling my time all the time so yeah. just because I'm not busy doesn't also mean I'm available all the time for everything else yes completely and I think you know that's 
people just think, well, if you're having this level of output, if you're creating all these things, if like you're running your business, you're running a membership, you're writing things, you have a podcast, like that must mean that you are squeezing everything out of your day. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going for a swim in the tidal pool and I'm meeting my boyfriend for lunch. And, but that's what's allowing me. And that was, I remember like one of the first things I learned when I joined Time Hackers was that why is like rest and downtime or even recovery time why does that have to come after productivity why is it not coming before productivity and I was like yes 100% I'm on board with that yes I mean it sounds like it was I love you your morning breakfast and I remember when you went on your Thursday lunch date and it's like it is these rules of time that we have especially like as entrepreneurs when we do have that additional flexibility and we just shove ourselves into this mold created over a century ago and I love a lot of the work that you do as well around the cycle and how that was a big thing for me when I was working and I think a big push around breaking the time rules was like no work structure considers the female cycle and that we can like like you said your window of time but that can be different probably I mean you're the expert in this depending on the time of the month and I you know I schedule a lot of my diary around what's going on with my cycle and Mm -hmm. you know we no one can like perfectly attune their life to suit their cycle even when you have your own business even if you are financially independent life just doesn't work out that way but the way I like to think about it is it's like when you track your cycle and you you understand your particular patterns and how your energy and mood and behavior shift throughout each cycle what you can do is it's a bit like knowing the weather forecast in advance right Mm. and if it's like pissing it down with rain one day there might be times where you can like text your mate and go you know what I can't meet you for coffee today I just don't fancy going out in the rain right yeah maybe that's like you've got a cycle-based symptom that shows up pre-menstrually and you're like oh you know what? I just want to stay at home on the sofa today but most of the time we just have to fucking get on with it yes you know like there are times when we can say no I'm not going to do that and but a lot of the time you still need to go to work and you still have these things to get done but when you know how your cycle impacts you then you can prepare for that and it's just like going out in the rain with an umbrella or with a raincoat on you're like ready you know what's likely to happen and you can plan around that and have a much better experience of your cycle because of it Yes. And I love what you said as well at the beginning around like when you did have that window of time or you can you know ahead of time when it is like the point is not always to fit into that window of time because life happens. Like it's really about having that flexibility and not making it mean that your whole like that's one of the most common things that I've heard from clients. Like even when I was working one to one is like 830 a.m. I've already wasted the whole day. Day's ruined. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like, oh no, haven't really. Like, what have I gained from doing this? What have I gained from slowing down? And actually, what is because we think like, well, if I if I arrive late, then that's cost me something. But actually, like, what has it cost you rushing in? Yeah. And like that's a question that I'm returning to a lot at the moment. Like, what is it costing me to do this? And you know, that's been such a huge learning for me in time hackers is just realizing that time is our biggest investment 
Mm. You know, and like really learning to value my time and and make purposeful investments with my time, whether that's professionally, whether it's personally, to just really be thinking, what is the impact of this on my time? Yeah. Because that that's what affects everything else, whether it's exercise, getting a project done, hanging out with my family. Not necessarily in that order, by the way, but you know, <laughs> time is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day, like really our life is just made up of time. That's it. That's that's like the resource, the measurable resource that we get it in. So what would you say have been some like, so you spoke about the morning breakfast. So there's already some shifts that have been happening, but what have been, what have been some of the other big changes that you've noticed? Um, because of how you change your relationship with time mm. oh well here's a current example mm-hmm. so uh at the moment my partner has covid mm. and like he's double vaccinated he's okay um he's just lost his sense of taste and just you know slightly under the weather thank goodness but he has to self-isolate for 10 days mm-hmm. right if this was pre-time hackers, I would be freaking the fuck out because yeah. my calendar would be fully loaded. Mm-hmm. I would be squeezing everything out of my day. There would be no room for anything extra to happen. Like mm-hmm. I would be at capacity. Anything that changed would throw everything off. But I, I mean, I was going to say, I literally don't care that he has it. And I mean that as in, I don't care because of, I don't care about the impact it's having on me. I care that he has it, but you know, now he, you know, he can't leave the house. So I'm picking our son up from school. I'm taking him in, I'm doing the shopping, like, you know, I'm doing all of those things and I'm actually enjoying it. That's so wild. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, OK, so all of next week, like, I'm not going to be able to work later on in the day. What do I need to shift? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have an online membership, the Flow Collective. And I just like called a friend this morning, was like, do you fancy doing some guest coaching next week? Because I want to respect my client's time. Yeah. And honor the time commitment that I've given them and that they have all planned, because now I know time is our biggest investment and I'm not going to piss around with their time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep the time. But do you want to come in and do this instead? Yeah. I'm just, and I think this is the other thing is because there was a moment where I thought, oh, I should change the time because I'm the one who should do the mm-hmm. coaching. Mm-hmm. And something, you know, something that I think is uh, when you know, a coach is truly skilled or like a really great fit for you is when you hear them in your head without them being there. (laughs) I like that. And I used to have it with a yoga teacher of mine because um, I wouldn't do like yoga for ages. And I go to a class and a new teacher would be like, oh, you, you obviously have a really strong home practice because, you know, I can see you adjusting yourself in the postures. I'm like, no, I just have Naomi in my head telling me what to do. And I've noticed it's the same with you. I just have you in my head coaching me. (laughs) 
And something that you have often asked me is, you know, versions of, do you think you're making things harder than they need to be here? Mm -hmm. And so I noticed that with my approach to the coaching call next week, where like I went to, oh, I need to shift my day. I need to shift the time because I have to be the one that does it. And then I heard you in my head, like maybe there's an easier way of doing this. Um, because you have pointed out on a number of occasions how with the membership I work very hard for it when I don't necessarily need to be doing that yes and and I was like oh you can call Mars I'm sure she'd love to and I'm sure that they would love to be coached by her they all loved it last time yeah and I'm like oh that's that no drama you know and I just moved through that so quickly it was like literally minutes yes and then like there's no problem yes and uh-huh. it's yeah it's like as you were saying that it's kind of like the different way of making decisions versus like making decisions from a place of like anxiety or fear or nervousness or making decisions from this place of this is simple well, you have very neatly taken me on to my next point that I was going to make. Brilliant. So the one thing that you have repeatedly told me is like, yeah, do you think you're making things harder than they need to be here? And the other thing that I often hear you in my head is um, like, I will talk about trying to make a decision and you will just go, yeah, but I think you've already decided. So what's the decision? I'm like, oh, yes. And I, I love that, like, about our coaching calls and time hackers is they are so much fun. Like, my memory of each time I've been coached is that it's been powerful and impactful, but it's also been a lot of fun. Like, I I laugh, and, you know, we've covered laughing quite a bit already, but there is that energy to it. And I think that's really important because often when we're talking about productivity and time and things, it's like, well, this is a super serious thing and we all have to be really super serious and like professional as we talk about these (laughs) things. And I love that you create that space where it's like, oh no, this is actually about making life easier, making it simple, reducing the stress and having fun along the way. Yeah, I think that's such a powerful point that you've just made and one maybe I even hadn't thought of in that way before. But like for everyone listening, I do think we suddenly grow up, we're adults and we think about productivity being the serious thing that we have to perform against and do against. And like it becomes so heavy, which is when we spend so much time in indecision because we're afraid of doing something wrong or afraid of being caught or afraid of all of that stuff and that adding that lightness to it. I think just allows us to make the decision because when I'm saying that to you, firstly, it's from my own experience. And that was the first big thing I realized in myself. It was actually about becoming a coach and I was going to like research and I was speaking to therapy. I was speaking to people in all different industries to, you know, my old fashioned way of thinking. And one person said to me, if you had to decide right now, what would it be? And of course I knew. Such a great question. Yeah. Like just everyone write that question down for any of your outstanding <laughs> decisions. Um, and the second thing I think is, it's not that, and maybe you can speak about this as well. It's not necessarily that the decision you make is going to be perfect and easy and right, but not making that decision is keeping you from learning that anyway. So much, mm-hmm. so much. And I, I, I have made some 
what we could call hard decisions in the past few months mm-hmm. and and I but I've been able to do that because of the coaching that you've given me about making decisions and about uh how I view my time and choosing how I want to use my time and creating the most impact and you know and all of those things and that's really enabled me to make those decisions in a really powerful way which means that even though my brain's going don't do this this is going to be awful (laughs) right I may be like no because I can like look you know and it's just like having a toddler in my head going no I don't want to put my shoes on (laughs) and just being a calm parent be like yeah, but if you put your shoes on, then we can go outside and we can go to the park and we're going to get to do all these things. Yes. And I can notice like that's a different conversation I'm having with myself. And, you know, the decisions I have made have are what have created so much time for me. And, you know, like right now, I'm basically looking at <laughs> my diary and going I have all this time yes and it's even funny how like that became a problem for like a day (laughs) yeah I've got all this time (laughs) (laughs) too much time (laughs) what do I do with it (laughs) and it's just like appreciating that my brain my nervous system is just used to this hustle this squeezing this pressure and so now that I don't have that it's having a little freak out, mm-hmm. but I just brought it to time hackers. I got coached on it. I'm like, yeah, okay. This could actually be really fun. This is the whole point of it, that th- this can be fun and this can be easy. And I just noticed that there's that like cognitive dissonance from switching from how things were to how things are now. Yeah. And it's still, I'm just like adjusting and getting used to that. Yes. And I think it's such a powerful point and like really, really important because I don't know about you, but for me, when I started realizing this and playing with time, my first response was, I don't actually want more time. Like I didn't feel comfortable being alone. I didn't have any relationship with myself. It was really like almost a, and and it is something that I hear from lots of people like, oh, I just like to be busy versus like, actually, we've just never been taught how to be with ourselves. Oh, well, this is interesting because I love being on my own. So I'm like in the other direction. And, you know, I'm neurodiverse, I'm autistic. So I, I, you know, you don't have to be neurodiverse to have this experience, but I just, I love being on my own. Mm -hmm. Like that is, if, and if I don't have that, then it impacts everything. So, you know, being able to switch off, being able to go for a walk, being able to like spend the day in bed and just like chillax as they say (laughs) you know it's like oh this is great yes but before I was like giving myself that but in a conditioned or squeezed way you know and I'd like corner it into the end of my cycle like oh I know I'm gonna want to slow down a bit then so I'll do it then whereas now it's like sprinkled throughout each day even I was going to say each week but it's not it's like sprinkled throughout each day that I'm and I have a sofa 
in my studio space. So good. So I can just lie down. So good. Yeah. I remember when you got it, you posted it in the group, a picture yeah. of the sofa. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fun. And if you and how has it been for you? And if you don't mind sharing a little bit more about being neurodiverse and approaching this work. Oh, well, it's really fascinating. I was actually thinking about this um, the other day because, you know, I I'm very futuristic in my thinking. Like I spend a lot of time thinking about the future and my goals and I'm very ambitious, very determined. I'm like really thinking a lot about my legacy on in the world. And, you know, I already know that my work has changed things for generations, but like, I want that for more people. And um, where was I going with that? So, completely lost my train of thought I remember one of the thoughts that I so we're speaking about neurodiversity and how it's helped you approach this work okay so I spend all this time in the future Mm -hmm. but in the present time I tend not to think about things until it's the day that it's happening Mm -hmm. right and it drives my partner crazy (laughs) like literally the day that I'm speaking at an event and I'm like oh what should I wear he's like or he's saying what train are you getting I'm like I don't know I'll tell you tomorrow when it's on the date and but actually like that was creating a lot of stress for me that I kind of hadn't recognized Mm -hmm. and I kind of like needed him to reflect that back to me a bit and now because I have space I, I am able to consider things more, but I'm really aware through our work that I am rewiring my brain because there is lots of things that um, particularly being neurodiverse do impact me, like mm-hmm. resistance to demands, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there's lots of other rebels out there listening who are like, yep, that's me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, being resistant to demands of which time can be perceived as a demand. And like, that's even for things that I want to do and like to do, that yeah. there can be resistance there. So, you know, I'm really aware that I'm in that process of training my brain to view things in a different way. Um, but it is you know, something particularly with autistic females that I hear a lot from others in that community that we we really need that time alone. Mm -hmm. And we need that time because if we don't, then what happens is we have meltdowns Mm -hmm. and we have shutdowns and, um, you know, a shutdown for me, what that looks like, you know, meltdown is like just kind of sensory overload and like, losing it even if that's all happening internally and you're not actually seeing anything external and then the shutdown is like where you just literally shut down and you have to lie down for me at least lie down stare into space have to just have no one talk to me I can't be asked a simple question you know if my boyfriend says do you want some dinner it's like awful yeah it's just so huge And there was a while last year where I was actually losing the ability to talk. And I can remember going to order fish and chips with my son and struggling Mm. to ask the person at the counter for the food. 
Yeah. I'm just not able to get the words out. So, you know, all of this kind of like hustling, this pressure, this fitting everything in, it was like severely impacting me. It was not great. Yeah. So it has been really important to me as someone who's autistic to give myself as much space and I've like really been pushing the boundaries or the perceived boundaries with that of like okay done that wonder what else we could do like maybe there's another hour in my day where I could just relax or I could cook a meal at home and you know like that's the thing finding enjoyment in the activities that used to be enjoyable for me but just became this chore like mm. I love cooking yeah but it was like this thing that I was fitting in once my son was at home and like he wanted attention from me and I'm trying to do this whilst trying to listen to a podcast or something and just like ugh, awful whereas now I'm like it's two o'clock in the afternoon I'm gonna cook dinner now so that then I can pick my son up and we get to hang out and the food's already done yeah you know and it's just so much better for my nervous system yeah so I'm far more just regulated it's like the terminology that we would use just like having a regulated nervous system where my ability to move in different states I suppose and um I'm able to do that I have the capacity for it Thank you so much for sharing that because I think it's really important to have these conversations. Um, so I think it's really great that you were able to share that with everyone. And as you're speaking, I'm like, even like that, but this is valuable for everyone. Like, at yeah. what point were we told that like you should listen to a podcast while you're cooking a meal while also like responding to emails or whatever it is. And it's like really like taking from all of them. And I think what would be interesting for people to hear is like, so clearly you've created lots of space, lots of time, lots of like time for yourself and all of that amazing stuff. But like, has there been a cost? Cause I think that's one of the big thought errors out there is like, well, if I do less or if I have more rest or more play or I don't do everything all at the same time or I slow down there's going to be a cost so what would you say to that that's incorrect (laughs) (laughs) that's incorrect essentially (laughs) but I get it because I definitely thought that oh I can't possibly do that because I've got this to do and that to do and you know and like I would say to be honest really pitying myself in that process Mm-hmm. you know and, and I had to take responsibility for that and instead of like blaming things and blaming people I had to see like actually I have chosen all of these things in my life and I am the only one who's responsible with how I deal with my diary and the you know my workload and you know relationships all of those things like this is all on me And I think that's the thing that we really resist owning that because we think like that's going to feel awful. But actually, it's like it's really liberating. Like, actually, I did choose all of this. Like, it's so important what you've just said. And I think it is the first like hurdle to overcome because 
one of the things I think about time is like it's an equalizer. It's an asset where we all wake up every morning. We have 24 hours um, in that day. But one of the biggest pushbacks I'll receive from people is, well, I don't have 24 hours because I have kids or I have a job or I have a pet that needs walking or whatever it is versus like, (laughs) I'm not having any of it. Anyone out there thinking it? It's a load of bollocks, as we would say in the UK. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know, because I was that person. Like I wrote fucking essentially two books in four months with a four-year-old, you know, I was still treating people. I was running a business, running the membership, one-on-one, you know, all of the things. And I can 100% look back at that time and go, yeah, I created that experience for myself. Mm-hmm. That wasn't on any of the things that I thought it was. So what do you think it was that was creating that experience? Hmm. I think having a nervous system, like at the time, it was just like in fight or flight most of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, in flight in that I was you know, so my nervous system is activated, a stress response, basically. And you go into flight, which can look like running around, trying to get everything done at once, jumping from one thing to another, never actually focusing on one thing or having, you know, I talk a lot about context switching and like having time between one task to move into something else, mm. you know, like going from work into parenting and, mm. you know, People are like, well, I don't have time for that. I'm like, yeah, but that can literally take 10 seconds if you want it to. So you do always have time and then you can stretch your idea of, you know, of how much time you can give yourself. Yeah. So I was in like this flight response all the time, just like bashing away at my keyboard, running down the road. Like people would literally say to me, oh, I saw you like walking really fast up and down North Down Road because that's literally people, that's what they would see. Yeah. Be hammering away at my keyboard in a coffee shop. Yeah. Right. Fueling myself with caffeine. (laughs) Of course. And then like marching my way down the road to pick up my son. And like, that was it. And then, and then I was in the fight response of like getting very defensive when people were like, do you think you're pushing yourself a bit much at the moment? No, I'm not. I've got this book to get done. I've got a contract. You don't understand. I've got clients who need me, you know, I would just like really thought I was that special snowflake of like, you don't get it. I'm an author. Yes. Or it's a big deal writing a book. Yeah. Which it It was. It was. And there were big other things going on in my life as well. And so it, it was a big deal, but I can also see just how much I was heaping on the pressure for myself mm-hmm. and being unwilling to see the truth of things and I think that's the thing that everyone has to get over have to like be willing to actually look at things objectively yes be like yep I'm responsible for these things yes which is like it's I think responsibility is like the key to unlocking every solution that we want which is really another way of saying I've chosen as well so those two things tie really in together and I think you're right it's like the biggest thing we resist and yet on the other side of it is like all of your power to make different decisions and show up differently. 
100%. I just did like a three-part series. I've never done a series before on my podcast yeah. um, about responsibility. Oh, so good. Yeah. Listen. But it's, but even that's another thing, my podcasts, like that's been a huge change from Time Hackers. And I know like Sade's had this experience as well, yeah. where like that was always getting pushed down the week and I was submitting it late and, you know, I'm a week ahead. I'm not months ahead like Sade, but I'm working on it. <laughs> That's so I'm good. So You're a week ahead. Yeah. But I'm so competitive that I now will try and match Sade's. <laughs> Challenge accepted. But that's also a fun thing. I think like actually you've brought up a really good point for everyone, which I think is like the value of being in a community, not the, com- the actual competition, because yeah. obviously that's joke jokes, <laughs> but like actually being able to learn so much from each other. And with both of you experiencing the podcast last minuteness, yeah. like learning from each other's coaching, I think was so valuable. Sure. Yeah. And there was even that call where, I had something I want to get coached on. And I think it was to do with the podcast maybe, but then someone else got coached like, you know, and I hadn't got coached yet. And then you got to me and I was like, I don't actually need to be coached anymore because I've got all the coaching I needed from that call. Yeah. I think that was so fun. And yeah, there was a call where it happened with like a few of you on the same call. It was like, well, (laughs) got what I needed. I think that's so important because I'm probably a few of my listeners at least are like, well, I would love to work one-on-one, but yeah. What would you say to that? Oh yeah. I'm not having that either. Basically. (laughs) So not having any of it. (laughs) It's just such a mistake to think that, Mm -hmm. you know, and I would I suppose I would say to those people to think like what have you received through listening to this podcast mm. you know you've already got so much value and so much out of it and you know there's thousands of other people listening to it as well and it's just the same like on a coaching call you don't have to be the one getting coached to receive the coaching and I see that like I have a membership with hundreds of people in it mm-hmm. and you know people just like yeah I've, never been coached by you but here are the results I've got here's what's changed for me or you know yeah this person got coached on that and I you know because that's the beauty I think of of being with other people and not necessarily you getting coached is that you like oh other people have brains just like me I'm not the only one going through this and sometimes it's more beneficial to not be in the hot seat Right. Mm. And so it's great when you're in the hot seat. Well, actually, it's often very uncomfortable, (laughs) (laughs) which is perfect. But sometimes it's really great, you know, to be able to watch someone else get coached and you're just like, oh, yeah, this is me. Because sometimes it's the things that you wouldn't bring to coaching because you haven't noticed them for yourself. Mm -hmm. But by, you know, getting an insight into someone else's brain, like, oh, yeah, I do that too. Yeah, those thoughts. I'm doing those same things as you. Brilliant. Now, like I've got the coaching. I didn't even know I needed. Yeah, I think, and I think that is seriously time hacking. Like when you get access to like your future thoughts because someone else is getting coached on them, and then like a week later they present themselves. You're like, oh, I've already seen the solution to this. I think it's like so fun and powerful when people share that. Another thing I wanted to mention that was really fun. seeing you and using the materials was like that Monday where so every Monday there's a question that goes out and you answered it one day tell everyone what happened it was so fun I try not to spit my drink out 
Yeah. So, you know, you post these questions every week, mm-hmm. which I do too as well. And that's the funny thing. Like in my community, I do that too. And, you know, I really see the value of people doing it. Um, but I have, <laughs> as often happens, I hadn't been doing that in your community. And then, you know, there were some things that I really wanted to tend to that I'd been just kind of procrastinating on. Mm-hmm. And you had been encouraging me to like, to really sell myself on doing those things and just spend a bit of time doing that upfront before doing it. Yeah. And so I posted on a Monday morning, like I answered your questions and like, and I, through that process did really sell myself on doing those things. And I'd given myself the whole day to do them. And I, I can't remember how long it took but I want to say it was like 45, 50 minutes to do all of the things, right? And suddenly like, oh, this is definitely time hacking because (laughs) I've not only got the things done that I've been procrastinating and you had pointed out to me, like how much time have you spent in your head thinking about doing these things versus how much time it would actually take for you to do them. I was like, Mm. oh yeah, you have a point there. (laughs) (laughs) And then... I'd like just freed up the rest of my day. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that is the really interesting thing. Like you mentioned up, like using the materials there and I haven't even used all the materials there. Yeah. Which is like the whole point, right? Is that which is I don't need point. to spend loads of time consuming all of the materials because, yeah. you know, I've got what I've needed thus far in from what I've used and yeah. and I see that all the time in my community as well as people thinking oh, I need to get the most out of this or I need to I need to watch everything in order to start taking action yeah. which I think you're such a huge advocate for is you no know, you just take what makes sense to you now use it apply it test it out see what results you get yes like you don't need to be doing 50 things in order to get the one result that you're working towards you just need one thing done well and you will get there and and I love that and and it's like also very freeing to be like oh yeah I don't need to be this perfect student who has ticked everything off the list and gone through everything and can tell Vicky on her podcast oh in module this when you do that (laughs) oh yeah I love that Yeah, I think that's like such an important point that I've seen a lot of you guys pick up on and fly with. And it's been so valuable because I think to me, that kind of has been second nature in how I've always done things. Um, So it's kind of like teaching the thing that feels obvious to you, but seeing you all really take that concept of like, you don't have to do all the things to create the results. Like there's no best student award in our mastermind that we're in together. My first round in it, I didn't watch any of the videos or do any of the training. Like I literally didn't. And I think it's sometimes we rely so much on doing all the things and we give the responsibility to doing all the things instead of I'm going to show up for this one, like say one of the one 10 minute videos in the Time Hackers portal. And it's going to maybe tell me to do something or think about something in a way that I don't really want to. And so it's much easier to watch another video than it is to sit with that. 100%. And I see this all the time. And it's such a shame because 
it's like opting out basically mm-hmm. like well I made this decision to do this right whether it's my membership or it's time hackers mm-hmm. but I'm gonna use this idea that I have to watch everything and do everything as a reason to not just take one step yeah one little step and and it's such a shame it's like heartbreaking sometimes to see people do it you're like but there's this result you want and you're almost like using everything that's on offer against yeah. yourself yes it's like no that's not the point you just yes. take one thing yes and go with it Yes. And I love like Kayla, she came in and she, and like within one day, she's like, I am a time hacker. And that has already changed how I've shown up in the last 24 hours. I think she'd watched one video maybe on, on focus or something. And it like literally is, I don't know where we are taught. I think it's a very school mentality of like study all the books and then pass the exams. And that's how you do well, which is like, so the opposite to the real world. And I think yeah it's it's amazing to consume and to learn but we almost have access to too much information now yes a hundred percent and that's the thing it's like the you know the difference between learning and implementing yes yeah okay so we're gonna finish up I've just seen the time (laughs) like okay um before we do I want you to first like if there's anything you would say to anyone thinking about joining Time Hackers, start with that. And then I want you to tell people about how they can find and work with you. Oh, okay. So I would say if you're considering it or you've been like on the fence, I think like how much time are you losing out on in waiting? And also I think, you know, if you're listening to the podcast and you're going to like what's in there, just get in there. <laughs> Very simple. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping it simple with these things. Love it. Yeah, because it's like, and I did consider it for a while as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, looking back, I'm like, mm, how many months of drama could I have saved myself if I'd have just signed up when I first thought, oh, yeah, I do want to join. And I think that's the thing is so thinking, oh, I, I know I want to join, but, I, you know, I'll just maybe, oh, maybe this was it. I'll, maybe I'll wait until I really need it it's like Mm. ridiculous it's like oh I'll wait until I buy a fire extinguisher until I'll wait until the house is on fire and then I'll buy the extinguisher (laughs) yes no like you do everything you can to avoid the house being on fire so just get in there um and then on my side of things, if you are interested in uh, improving your experience of your cycle and your hormonal health, or just interested in health and thought work through a different lens, then you can catch the Period Power podcast, which comes out every week. And it's great if you've never discovered it before, because you get the backlog of episodes. It's really funny when people on Instagram will, who've been listening from the beginning are like there's not enough episodes (laughs) I want more so you can listen there maisiehill.com is my website and over on instagram i'm underscore maisiehill underscore yeah we'll have all those links in the show notes thank you so much for being here for sharing and 
for laughing with me. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> As thanks everyone for listening. Bye. Hey, if you want to get five hours a week back minimum for life, then I want to invite you to join Time Hackers. It's this podcast on speed where you'll get access to time hacking tools not shared on the podcast. You'll get access to my proven process for hacking your time to get five hours back every week at least. It's also my favorite place to hang out and will be yours too as you connect with other time hackers where you'll get celebrated, supported and coached of course. You are a time hacker. This is where you belong. Head to vickylouise.com forward slash group. I can't wait to see you there.